Hey there. Thank you so much for checking out this message with us at Believer's Chapel. Our prayer is that you have a genuine experience with God and that you're able to connect with him in a deeper way as a result of listening to this message. Thank you again. God bless you. Well, the, the title of this sermon is not a tale of two cups of coffee. Um, we have just turned the corner into an important season. Yeah? So... For all the people that get salty about uh, Christmas people wanting to put out their trees before Halloween, um, you can all calm down now. We're officially into Christmas season. You can, you can relax. You had your fun. Thanksgiving happened, but it's Christmas. I will, I will tell you this. My wife is an actual Christmas elf, so um, our tree's been up for like three weeks, three and a half weeks at our house. Um, and a little bit of fun trivia for you is that my son takes everything off the tree all the time, so we have a tree that has lights, and that's it. Um, so I, I will probably be finding Christmas ornaments in the house for the next six months, so you're welcome for that. I love Christmas, even though my wife, because she's an actual Christmas elf, thinks that I'm a Grinch, because... because she's actually Buddy the Elf, uh, just in a female version. Um, So for me, uh, I enjoy kind of the more quiet traditions of Christmas. I like sitting by the tree or by the fire and just kind of reflecting. I like reading the Christmas story. I'm not really into the parties and all the crazy stuff. I, I don't like to, like, decorate the whole outside of the house. Mostly, I like the decorating part. I actually only don't do it because I, I don't like taking them down. That's, that's really the only reason. But, um, but I do enjoy Christmas, and one of, the, one of my favorite things, okay, I'm just going to tell you guys, one of my favorite things, special holiday drinks at Starbucks, okay? I'm into that. This is not a commercial. Starbucks um, is not paying me to say this, but if they want to, you guys got my number. Um, I last night went out to uh, Starbucks and got a, this was a grande chestnut praline latte. Yeah, right? Right? Big stuff. Um, But there is a perpetual problem every time I go to Starbucks. Okay? And it is this. They always get my name wrong. Every single time. In fact, I have a picture. This is this cup right here. I've gotten Carson, I've gotten Mason, I've gotten Casey more times than I can count. I've gotten Jason several times, but that's not my name. <laughs> that's not my name, guys. Uh, and I, I am a little bit salty about that. I am a little bit salty about the fact that they have never, ever gotten my name correct. And I blame my mother. Um, well, there you go. Uh, I blame my parents uh, because I have a non-standard name. Uh, you will never find my name on a keychain, uh, but it, it's what I got, right? Um, but names are important. Names are a big deal, okay? Uh, names are significant uh, for a lot of different reasons, okay? Whenever my wife and I got married, we were very intentional about the names that we chose for our kids. We picked them based on characters we liked in books, but more importantly, we picked them based on the meanings of the name. My daughter, uh, Valette Lynn, her name literally means fierce beauty. Uh, our middle child, uh, uh, Evan Lynn Joy, it means, uh, it means joyful young warrior. 
Okay, my son, Elias Luke, his name means light of God, who is Yahweh. Okay, <clears throat> so these names are super important because we, were, we wanted to instill a sense of identity in them. We wanted to, to speak things over their life every time we say their name. It's important. Names are a big deal. And in fact, as much as I like to, to, to make fun about uh, my name and, and the fact that I've had to spell it for literally every person that I've ever met, ever, whenever I shake people's hand, I'm like, my name's Case, and they're like, what? I'm like, it's like Jason, but with a K. How many people in here have I actually said that to? Anybody? Yeah, I know, I know, I know Chris and Sarah, definitely. Um, it's probably most of you guys who have been here a long time, you probably don't remember it, but I, I said it to you probably 10 years ago. Um, but that's something that, that I have done consistently because, it, but even though that's the case and I don't like uh, having to do that, um, the name, my name, the, the meaning, it actually means healer. So I believe that there is a, uh, there's a prophetic statement about that name for my life that someday uh, I will be able to uh, speak powerfully and lay hands on people, and they'll be healed. I believe that. I believe that, that that's significant. I believe that that's not, that's, yeah, let's. And here's the thing. Names are important to God, okay? There are people, specific people in the Bible that God himself named. There's a few examples for you. Um, Adam, dead giveaway. God named him because there was nobody else around, you know? Um, Jesus, obviously, Ishmael were, were all people that were names given by God. And he's often taken people who had one name and he changed their name. So you'll see uh, people like Abraham and Sarah and, and Israel, who was Jacob, and Peter, who was Simon, and Saul, who is now Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament after Jesus gave him a new name. So these are, are super important. Names are super, super important. And God has a desire for you to accept a name, right? But first, let's talk about, let's talk about something uncomfortable. Are you guys uncomfortable yet? Don't worry, you will be. It's, it's great. Um, I want you to repeat these three words after me. Ready? Recognize. Resist. Restore. Okay. Say it one more time. Recognize. Resist. Restore. Okay. Can you guys say it without me saying it first? Good. Okay. I'm going to read you a story about a guy who uh, lost his name. Okay. In Mark chapter 5, this is really good. I love this scripture. I love this passage. I love the book of Mark. Mark is like the action-packed gospel, okay? It literally wastes no time. It's actually the first gospel that was ever written. It's a really, really cool book, and it's just like miracle after miracle after miracle. It's, it's like the story of Jesus, but told by like a fifth grader. I mean, not actually, but you know, it's, it's like that. It's like, you know, you, you sit down with a fifth grader, and they tell you the story, but it's all the high points, it's just all the awesome stuff. That's kind of what the book of Mark is like, in my opinion. So uh, Mark chapter five, verse one, it says, so they arrived at the other side of the lake in the region of the Gerasenes, or your Bible might say Gadarenes. Uh, verse two, when Jesus climbed out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit came from the tombs, out from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the burial caves. 
and could no longer be restrained even with a chain. Stop right there, okay? We have a guy living, he is possessed by many demons and he is living in a graveyard, okay? And I want you to know that right now, if you feel like you are living in a graveyard, that there's hope for you, okay? There is no pit so dark that Jesus can't pull you out of it, okay? It's important. Verse four, whenever he was put into chains and shackles, this is important, as he often was, he snapped the chains from his wrist and smashed the shackles. Stop right there. When he was put into chains and shackles as he often was. Okay, so what we see here is that this man, this was not an isolated incident, okay, that he was having to be restrained. This was happening often, okay? There is a cycle and a pattern in this man's life. The cycle and pattern is that he is controlled by demons and he is lashing out. And so what do the people around him do? They try to impose a human solution on a spiritual problem. Okay? I know that might have went over the heads, heads of, of some people right now, but, but listen to this, okay? A lot of times in our life, we are faced with situations and we try to put a human solution on a spiritual problem. We have issues with bondage. We have issues with addiction. We have issues with mental health. We have issues with sin. All of these things that we try to, to put our own little human solutions on them. Like if I can just follow these steps, I'll get better. If I can just stop doing this sin, I'll be better. But you're trying to put a Band-Aid on a situation, a human Band-Aid on a spiritual situation. And guess what? He snapped the chains from his wrist and smashed the shackles. They never work. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Day and night he wandered among the burial caves and in the hills, howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. When Jesus, saw, when Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him ran to meet him and bowed before him. Say, recognize. Okay, you need to recognize that there are spiritual forces at work in your life. Hey, guess what? We're in church. We believe in the spiritual. We believe that God is spirit. What does that mean? God is completely other than you. He is not a flesh and being, flesh and bone being like you, okay? God is something completely unlike you. He is something bigger than you. Guess what? There are other types of spiritual beings. There are what we call angels, right? They are, they're basically servants to God, okay? Then we also believe that there are demonic beings, okay? There are evil spiritual beings as well that choose, that chose to go away from God and now they make it their business to try to pull as many people away from God as they can, okay? I'm sorry, we're in church, okay? We believe in the demonic, we believe in angels, we believe in all this stuff, okay? And it's important for me to, to say this as well, that, uh, that even though we are talking about demon possession, okay? This is, this, is, this is the issue this guy has, okay? One of the, the I heard a, a pastor say this. I was listening to a podcast this week, and he said, uh, Pastor Tim Ross, he's from Dallas. He said, um, 
I'm just going to level with you guys. I don't believe that a, a Christian can be demon-possessed. Why? Because if that's the case, then the Holy Spirit is a lot weaker than I thought. So if you are a professing Christian, a, a believer, if you have been bought by the blood of Jesus Christ, demon possession's off the table for you. Amen? Because you are, you are already possessed by the Holy Spirit. You can't go both ways. All right. Recognize, when Jesus saw it was still some distance away, the man saw him and ran to him and bowed low before him. Also notice that he runs to him and he doesn't lash out at Jesus. He doesn't freak out at Jesus. What does he do? He drops down before Jesus, okay? This is, this is significant for you to understand because what we're seeing here is the authority of Jesus on display. Jesus walks up into the scene and immediately what happens is a demonic force comes comes to him, does not have the power to resist him, bows low before him because Jesus has more authority than any demonic force. Jesus has more authority than any spirit that would try to possess, than any spirit that's trying to to oppress you, than any spirit of addiction, any spirit of bondage, any spirit that tries to come against you. They all have to bow before Jesus. That song we just sang, we bring everything to the feet of Jesus. We're laying everything out before him. It's all there. We're laying it down before him. He bowed low before him. With a shriek, he screamed, why are you interfering with me? Jesus, son of the most high God. Stop again. I know we're stopping a lot. Jesus didn't even have to tell him his name. This dude knew, okay? The presence and power of Jesus is such that whenever he arrives on the scene, you don't have to tell the spiritual forces of evil around you that Jesus has shown up. They know. And you know what? A lot of times they start acting up. Whenever they sense the Jesus in you. So he knew Jesus. He knew Jesus, son of the most high God. In the name of God, I beg you, don't torture me. Verse eight, for Jesus had already said to the spirit, come out of the man, you evil spirit. That's a weird thing right there for me, okay? I've already, we've already established that Jesus has authority, right? But it says that Jesus had already said, come out of, the, come out of him, you evil spirit, right? In, in scripture, we don't see Jesus repeating himself a lot. Like whenever Jesus says something, it's like, it's done, right? I think this is a very important thing for us to, to kind, of, uh, kind of identify that Jesus is giving us a crash course in how to do deliverance, okay? And what's happening here is Jesus is illustrating for us. I said, come out of you, you evil spirit, okay? But this guy is possessed by many spirits and specificity is important, Okay, I want to encourage you that whenever you are praying and interceding for something, that you be specific about the things you're praying for. Okay, God wants you to zero in on things. He wants you to call things out in the spirit, but he wants you to be specific about the way that you pray. He wants you to be specific about the ways that you interact with the spirit, with the spirit realm, I should say. <clears throat> then Jesus demanded what is your name? 
And he replied, my name is Legion because there are many of us inside this man. Notice the spirit is talking that is possessing him or a spirit, one of the many that is possessing him is speaking. We don't know this man's name. We have no idea. Why? All we hear talking are his issues. All we hear talking are his problems. The only things that we are getting out of this is his, his mess. We're not hearing about this guy's identity. We're not hearing about this guy's calling, about his anointing. We're not hearing any of those things. All we're hearing is his mess. How many times you talk to somebody and all you hear is their mess? I wish I had a church full of people that whenever people, other people talk to them, they would not tell them about their mess. They would tell them about how God has called them, how they are gifted, how they are blessed and highly favored, and how they are walking in the call of God in their life. Somebody say amen. So all we hear is his mess talking. Then the evil spirits begged him again and again not to send them to some distant place. But there happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside nearby. Send us into those pigs, the spirit begged. Let us enter them. So Jesus gave him permission. The evil spirits came out of the man and entered the pigs and the entire herd of about 2,000 pigs plunged down the steep hillside into the lake and drowned in the water. Say, resist. We are seeing Jesus resist the, the demonic force, resist the devil in this moment. Cast him out. The herdsmen flew to the nearby town and the surrounding countryside, spreading the news as they ran. How many of you guys know that whenever Jesus does something in your life, that the news spreads? That's a good thing. That's a very good thing. We want people to know what he's done for us. A crowd soon gathered around Jesus and they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons. He was sitting there fully clothed and perfectly sane. Say restore. And perfectly sane. And they were all afraid. Okay, we need to stop there for a second because I need you to understand something. People online need you to understand something, okay? There are people who do not want you to get better. There are people that do not want to see you healthy, that do not want to see you whole, that do not want to see you well, okay? They would rather you stay the mess you are because it makes them feel better about themselves. So you are seeing right now, illustrated in scripture, that this man comes and what should be happening is everybody sees him fully clothed and fully sane and they should be rejoicing that there is healing that has happened in this man's life, but they're all afraid. And some of us are afraid to interact with Jesus in this place or watching online. Some of us are afraid to interact with Jesus. We say we want a relationship with God, but we're not ready to let God upend our lives and change everything. 
And to be quite frank with you, we're comfortable in our sin and we're comfortable with the bondage that we've chosen for ourselves and we're comfortable with the ways that we are identifying ourselves and instead of walking in faith and in health and in life, we would just rather kind of keep doing what we're doing because it's easier. It's comfortable. I'm used to this. And the reality is, if I, have, if I stop identifying myself by my issue, how then do I identify myself? What do, what do I do? What do I even do? What do I do? I've been so used to calling myself uh, the, the sick person or the, the mentally ill person or uh, identifying myself my, by my, my addiction or by my sin. What do I call myself now? What's the, what is the, what's the identity that I have now? We did a whole, I don't remember, eight or 10 weeks on this earlier in the year. And we talked about how the fact that you need something beyond you to identify with. Because your identity cannot be wrapped up in something that is fluid. Why? Because fluid moves. And it gets tossed around and it gets shaken up. You need a firm foundation. And I, I just got to be honest with you guys. I've completely wrecked my outline of the sermon. I have. I'm just, it's gone out the window. I'm just, I, just being, I'm just leveling with you guys. Because I need you to understand that there is no better thing that you can do then correctly identify yourself as a son or daughter of the most high God because that will transform your life. That will change your life. You will stop relying on your issues to define you and you will start relying on Jesus Christ to define you and the work that he has done on the cross and the fact that he has redeemed and restored and healed you. It is time for us to leave aside the issue and focus on the solution. God is calling you specifically to walk in victory. To stop focusing on the problem. And, the, <clears throat> and they were all afraid. Those who had seen what had happened told the others about the demon-possessed man and the pigs. And the crowd began pleading with Jesus to go away and leave them alone. Hey, guess what? Those same people that are not willing to see you get healthy, they're not going to want you around. They're not going to want Jesus around. And guess what? It's time for us to start evaluating who our circle is. I'm not saying don't have friends with people who aren't believers because they need your light. But what I'm saying is be careful who you let into your confidence because the people in your circle will define your trajectory. And if you are surrounding yourself with people who are committed to see you walk in unhealth, you will never, never reach the potential that God has called you to. You need to surround yourself with people who will build you up, who will encourage you, who will challenge you, who will help you be disciplined in seeking after the things of God. Those are the people that need to be in your circle. This isn't even in my notes. You know what? I have, I have the best person in my circle in the world. My wife is amazing, okay? Y'all see her up here worshiping God. She's awesome. I love her. Everybody who knows her loves her. Okay, here's the thing. 
The reason why I love having her in my circle is not because she's beautiful or because she is encouraging or all that stuff. It's because whenever rubber meets the road, she challenges me on things. Whenever she sees a flaw in my character, she says, hey, babe, I see this. It worries me. Can we work on it? In love. You need to surround yourself with people who are going to do that. Well, you say, okay, and I don't know. I don't, I don't know how to do that. Here's my, my pitch. Underhanded softball pitch. For crews, get in a crew. Why? Because those consist of people who are going to surround you and encourage you and build you up. Why? Because they want to be surrounded and encouraged and built up. We do this together. They were pleading with Jesus to go away and leave them alone. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon possessed begged to go with him. It's like, Jesus, just take me out of this, man. Can I go with you? But Jesus said, no. Go home to your family and tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he has been. Say restore. Tell them how merciful he has been. So the man started off to visit the 10 towns of that region and began to proclaim the great things Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed at what he told them. We're going to add a word. We said recognize. Say resist. Say restore. Rename. We never get this guy's actual name. But he turns into one of the very first missionaries. One of the very first evangelists that we see in scripture. God gave him a calling. God took the situation that he was facing and turned it into a testimony that he could then take back to his people and share the good news. How many of you guys know that whenever you take a step, it's good news? When you turn from the path of your problems, when you turn from the path of sin, when you turn from the path of trauma, when you turn from the, you stop identifying all yourself, yourself by all of those things. And instead you turn and take a step of faith towards who Jesus has called you to be. That's good news. And while there are people who don't want to see you healthy and don't want to see you whole, there's a lot of people who do. There's a lot of people who want to see it and they want it for themselves. There's, uh, there's this um, like internet meme of this video and it's a televangelist and I, he's like, I, I can't remember what it was. He's, he's praying for like a, like a, like a Learjet or something. It's, it, but he says, God, I've seen what you've done for other people and I, I want you to do it for me, right? One of the Southern guys, you know, is my impression of a televangelist. <clears throat> but that's how it is, man. We, we see what God has done in other people's lives and we have an opportunity to say, God, I, I see what you're doing in this person's life. I see how you're healing and restoring and changing them. I want that for me. And if you don't hear anything else from me today, I want you to hear this. I'm gonna, one statement. 
just like this man who was possessed by many demons, okay? He had a lot of issues. He had a lot of stuff. God does not identify you by your issues. And neither should you. God does not identify you. He doesn't look at you and see a list of failings. He doesn't look at you and see a list of addictions. He doesn't look at you and see a list of of sexual immoralities. He doesn't look at you and see how many drinks you had last night. That's not what God sees. He looks at you and he sees my child that I care about, that I love. So today, we need to take the step of stop of, 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 of discontinuing the practice of identifying with our issues, identifying ourselves by our issues. You know what's the crazy thing about this cup? Um, I walked up there, I walked up to, 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 to the, um, the counter and, uh, and my wife was like, you don't even, you know, you could just like write the wrong name on it. You know, it's just an illustration, right? And I said to her, I said, I don't need to. So what do you mean? I said, they'll get it wrong. So what do you mean they'll get it wrong? She, this girl literally asked, she, my wife walks up and she says, Libby. And the, the, the lady says, is that Libby with a B or Livy with a, with a V? She's like, with a B, you know. So, so my wife turns around and she's like, she's gonna get it. And I'm like, nope. I walk up, I give her my name and it says Casey. It's like the picture. And right now, a lot of you guys are treating your spiritual life like me at Starbucks. <laughs> you're walking into to your time alone with God or church and you're expecting God to misidentify you. You're expecting God to beat you over the head. You're expecting that he will come against you. It's not who he is. This cup, however, has my correct name on it. This cup was given to me by my mother who gave me the name. Whenever you start walking with God, he's gonna get the name right because he gave it to you. Some of you have been identifying yourself by your trauma. You know what, some, there, there's some people in here that have been sexually assaulted and that's the only thing you can think about and you think that everybody sees that when they look at you. I'm here to tell you that's not the case. There's somebody under the sound of my voice. I, we're getting into some stuff here. But I feel this, that God wants me to say this specifically. There's somebody in the that's hearing this either in the room or online that is dealing with shame because they had an abortion and you think that that's all God sees about you and God wants you to know that that's not the case. 
that he sees you as a dearly loved daughter. Amen. There are people that are identifying themselves by their sin. There are people that are identifying themselves by their shame. They feel like there's no way that I could ever be worthy of love or acceptance. And it's a lie. It's a lie from hell. Why? Because Jesus already already loved you enough to die for you. That's the, that's the amazing thing about living as a Christian today is that Jesus 2,000 years ago thought that you were worth dying for. He's already proved it. There's a lot of other, other things that, that I could talk about with this, but I don't want you to, um, to miss something very specific. Before we, before we, we, we close out, I, I want you to know that this man, the artist formerly known as Legion, um, it's not like he just showed up one day and was possessed. It's not like that, it, 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 that's not the way that, that, that this works. What happens is little compromises over time open up doors inside your life for demonic things to take hold. And you know what? A lot of other things in your life work the same way. Like you don't, you're not born ashamed of yourself. You hear things, you hear negative words that tear you down over time and it's little bits and it's little things. And you know what? You don't fall into sin, fall into you know, deeply mired sin all at once. It's usually slow, little bits. Here and there. The Bible says in, uh, it's, it's 1 Corinthians uh, 10, um, I think we have the scripture there. It says, you cannot drink from the cup of the Lord and from the cup of demons too. You cannot eat at the Lord's table and at the table of demons too, right? We have to establish lordship in your life. Are you going to be a follower of Jesus or are you going to follow the devil? Because the reality is that most of you in this place either take the demonic way super seriously, too seriously even, or not seriously enough. There's, there's, there's like two types of people. There are people that see a demon behind every corner and there's people that treat everything as though that doesn't exist. And, and, and these people are, are in a bondage of, of, not, uh, of, of making an excuse that they're not responsible for, 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 for bad things that happen because of their own choices. And these people end up, um, they end up, uh, you know, living as though the demonic doesn't exist. And so they, 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 they just open themselves up to everything. But this doesn't happen overnight, okay? And what I want you to hear today is that God has a, a designed plan and purpose for your life. And if you are enslaved by things of the world, the flesh, and the devil, you're never going to get there. What it doesn't tell you in the scripture in, in Mark 5 is that, is that this man goes on to be an evangelist and, and to lead people. 
What it does tell you is that all the backstory of the, the way his life was horrible before, but you look at it and it's like a night and day switch. This guy went from living the worst life to living his best life. And a lot of people here in this place, you've been living your worst life. And it's time for us to turn the corner and start living our best life. The prayer team's gonna come up here right now. They, they know what, what we're doing. Um, today, it does not matter what issues, situation you're facing. Prayer team, go ahead and come up right now. We are turning a corner. Hey, guess what? It doesn't matter if your issue is trauma or if your issue is, um, is oppression. Maybe you're depressed. Maybe you're anxious. Maybe you've been dealing with sin. It doesn't matter. Why? All of that stuff bows before Jesus. All of it. So today, we're gonna take an opportunity and we're gonna, we're gonna open the altars up. If you would say, hey, you know what? I, I feel like I've been living in the graveyard for a while. You might not even know why. That's okay. We wanna pray for you. Just like Jesus shows up on the scene and, and, and encounters this man and changes his life forever, your life can be changed forever today. You're, you can literally leave this place and live a completely different life, a completely restored and better life. And guess what? If there are other things that you need, like maybe you need counseling or maybe you need therapy, I would love to help you with that. Maybe you need inner healing and deliverance. Guess what? We got some people that are trained for that. We got a team that's fresh, hot off the presses. They want to help you with that. So if you're in this place or online, you're like, man, I, you know what? I need some of that stuff. I want you to, okay, stop what you're doing. Take your phone and text right now that 444-2100 number. I will get that message and we will get you help. Whatever that looks like, okay? We're gonna help you. We're gonna help you get, get to the place where you can get help, okay? But right now, do not miss the opportunity to have your life changed right now. Come on, would you guys just stand with me right now? Stand all across this place. Every head bowed, every eye closed right now. I'm talking about Jesus a lot. I'm talking about what he can do for you. And you would say, you know what? That sounds cool. Tell me more about Jesus. I don't, I don't think I know that story yet. Here's the long and short of it. The world was created perfect. We messed it up. We really messed it up. Sin entered the world, death entered the world, sickness entered the world. And God gave us an escape plan he wrapped himself up in flesh. It's the thing that we celebrate during this season, that God became man, lived a perfect life so you would not have to.
Thank you again for checking out this message. If you would like help taking your first steps on your faith journey, you can text the number 315-444-2100 and include the word Jesus in your text. We're going to follow up with you and help you get started. God bless you and thank you again.